taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? This is Rich Take on Sports. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. And welcome, everyone, to another episode, and this is episode number 18. If you've missed any of the other episodes, you can find them on our website, richtakeonsports.com, and you can easily subscribe through whatever platform you prefer. That's Apple Podcast, Google Play, or Stitcher. And by subscribing, you'll know that whenever a new episode is released, it'll just be there waiting for you once you have that time to invest into listening. And I do enjoy connecting and engaging with everybody through Twitter, so please follow us there, at Rich Take Sports. Now, we're putting together a solid foundation of guests each episode, and in the Rich Spotlight this episode is Anna Hickey, who's really just getting her career in sports as a reporter started, but she's mature beyond her years, and it's just a chance to hear from someone that has their whole future ahead of them, but sports has already had a huge impact in her life. So now moving on, it's time for our guest in the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. Our guest in episode 18 is Anna Hickey. Anna is currently the Clemson team and recruiting reporter for 24-7 Sports, which was launched in 2010 and is a digital media enterprise focused on delivering original sports and entertainment news on a team-by-team basis to sports fans across the world through a spectrum of platforms and is now a part of CBSSports.com. And it's where she focuses on any and all details regarding Clemson football recruiting news. She graduated from Clemson University and prior to 24-7 sports, Anna was a reporter for Scout, covering Notre Dame football and recruiting. Now, while her career is just really getting started, she's mature beyond her age, as I had mentioned, and there's no denying her passion for sports, as you'll hear. And sports was a way for her to connect with her dad and her family. And one of the things that I ask her first off is why sports is so important to her. I think with a lot of kids, sports becomes important because of the environment you're in. And (laughs) I was raised in a sports family. Both of my parents love sports. My dad went to NC State and my mom went to Meredith College, but she was raised an NC State fan. So from birth, I was going to every single NC State home football game and basketball game and bowl game. Just we had season tickets. So, you know, when I was in kindergarten and I would be talking about football games and sports center and matchups and no one really, especially girls, didn't really understand what I was saying. But I think for me, it was just part of my childhood um, at such an early age that I really didn't know anything else. And then I played soccer. That was definitely the first sport that I got into, that in gymnastics, but liking to soccer um, and played all through high school, won a state championship and uh, considered playing in college, but it would have been at a smaller school. And I knew I wanted to go to a bigger school because at that point I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to cover football. People joke around saying they choose a school, a college based on football team, but in my case, <laughs> it was kind of true. I wanted a big time college football program so I could just, in college, I could get that 
experience being around um, a big time football program. So it would help me in the future. How did your parents view that? Oh, you're going to go to Clemson and we're NC State fans. <laughs> they fully supported it. Um, that was my brother actually just graduated from UNC. So, and my sister, she's about to graduate from NC State. So okay. um, my dad finally got one there. But no, they were totally open minded about it. I mean, I visited a bunch of schools mostly in the South and then a couple up North and Clemson just was the right fit for me. It was the right distance from home. I grew up in Raleigh my whole life. I, I kind of wanted to leave home, but not too far. So Clemson afforded that opportunity. And then yeah, obviously the football program. And then I visited it a few times and, you know, I just, it was just the right fit. Yeah. I mean, they were, they loved it. Uh, they came to fall, come to football games. So yeah, it worked out. With your brother and sister. Now, were they into sports as well, just as much as you were? I mean, I knew you'd mentioned a sports family. Was everybody right. into it? Pretty much. I think though, me being the oldest and I'm, I'm very, very close with my dad. That also took me to another level. Um, that was one way my dad and I really, like, really bonded. And then switching gears to recruiting, because I'm a recruiting reporter. When I was 13, 14 is when my dad kind of introduced me to message boards. <laughs> recruiting, And I don't know, I just loved it. I loved the idea. It's kind of the same reasons why I love it now. Just seeing the process um, at its very beginning stages. So you kind of get a glimpse of the future of college football before everyone else does. And I loved seeing how a class came together, you know, who a staff was pursuing. And then it was at that point when I was a fan, it was fun to kind of have bragging rights over other teams. Like, oh, hey, we signed this four star over you guys. Um, you know, you know it, it was just fun as a fan. It's just another way to compete. And I think that's why a lot of people like recruiting because it's just another way to compete. And at the end of the day, I think that's why people love sports because of the competition. And then around 17, around 17 years old, I think it was 2000, so it was 2007, I was 16, 17. And that's when I kind of discovered that, you know, they they'd have these summer camps and they okay. bring in prospects. At that point, I could drive. So I would drive to NC State's campus and I would act like I was going around to run the PNC Center, the basketball arena, but I would kind of veer off <laughs> uh, into the NC State football practice fields. And the fence was lined with trees and there was one bush that just was a, a perfect hiding spot. So I would bring my notebook and I would just sit there and just take in fall camp. And I knew a lot of the guys because okay. a lot of them would be previewed on the message board, premium message board. So I kind of knew what I was looking for. And then I would come back with my dad and talk to him and compare notes from the message boards and the premium content with my notes. And then I was, that's kind of when I realized, you know, this is awesome and I want to do this. At that point, were you doing any type of blogs or anything, or was this just your own personal notebook that you were keeping with all of this information? Right. This is just my own notebook for the sole purpose of talking to my dad. He loved it. I mean, he's, not, he's a grown man. He's not going to go out there with me and sit in the bushes, <laughs> but he, he didn't mind sending his daughter out there. That's right. So, um, I think I looked pretty innocent enough. If I got caught, you know, I think I would have just been told to leave. I don't think I would have, I mean, I think they would have been a little confused if I was watching watching practice, but yeah. other than that, I don't think the repercussions would have been too tough. So yeah. And then my dad and I would just talk about it. Earl Wolf was one. He's a safety um, and he didn't even have a scout profile, a rivals profile, anything like that back in the day. He camped and he was just fantastic. He had dreads coming out of his helmet, so he was easy to keep an eye on. I went back and talked to my dad about it and you know, I was like, who is this guy? And then we couldn't figure it out because you know, we didn't, he didn't have a profile. And then the next day we found out that NC State had actually offered him 
a full scholarship and it was his first scholarship and he committed not too long after that. To me, that really hit home because I was like, wow, I saw this guy before really anyone saw him. So, um, and right then it was kind of like, all right, this is, this is addicting. And eventually with him, I got, when I was inter- or interning with ESPNU, I got to uh, interview him when he was at state years later. And that was awesome. And then he got drafted. And just to see his journey was just really awesome. Now, were you able to tell him the story of how you saw him like that? when you? I was, yeah. yeah. I was able to message him the article I wrote. And I wrote a, I wrote an article about it. That's uh, kind of a story okay. from my own blog. He actually, I think it was, I kind of forget the time frame. It was a, either a year or two ago. He went back to his hometown in Rayford, North Carolina. And he was shot. Survived it, though. That's when I, I kind of reached out to him and, and showed it to him. And I was like, you know, this life's too short not to let him know that I, he might not read it, but, you know, I'm just going to send it to him anyway. He read it and loved it. And uh, he said he was going to print it out so he'd have it next to him. I put it in his room. I don't know if that ever happened, but it was just cool just to know that he even read it. You know, he could kind of read it from a third person perspective yeah. what his journey was like. Oh, that's fantastic. What an impact that you had for sure. Now, you'd mentioned that there was a point where you, you knew that what you wanted to do. When was that growing up? Right. Well, I, I knew I always loved sports, but um, I don't think it was until I really was in college, 17, 18, and then freshman year when I really was like, I want to pursue this full time. Um, because it was such a competitive, even in college, I had some hesitancy about it because it was such, such a competitive industry. And unless you know exactly what you want to do in sports. It's hard to just major in sports communication and then just hope for the best. But once I realized, you know, it took me a while to realize what I wanted to do, even though it had been my passion all my life. Once I kind of nailed that down, then it was just no looking back. And I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And I I took the steps necessary to reach uh, that goal. Now, was there a defining moment that allowed you to come to that realization of what you exactly wanted to do? Yeah, because freshman year, I didn't do any internships. I was kind of just getting my feet wet at Clemson. And then sophomore year, I emailed the then publisher of com, who was Roy Fulpot at the time. And he got back with me. And I was like, hey, I'll do anything for free. I don't even care what it is. If you need any help, you know, just know that I'm here and I'd love to, to help you any way I can. So we met up and um, grateful. I was very grateful for the opportunity. And the first couple, first year, you know, being in the press box was enough for me at okay. that point. I mean, I just thought that was so awesome. And then as time, junior and senior year, you know, he would give me more and more responsibility to the point where I was actually, you know, calling recruits and okay. writing articles, doing more than just holding a camera for him. So it was cool and invaluable experience. And one thing I will say about Clemson is a lot of people are like, why didn't you go to a journalism school? Because Clemson doesn't have journalism. But to me, I think I had the unique advantage, the fact that there wasn't a journalism school. So there wasn't any expectations and there wasn't a certain path that you had to follow. A million kids knocking down doors trying to get internships. So I knew that I had the if you don't, if you're not going to receive, if you don't ask, in other words, I just talked to the right people and put myself out there and asked, offered help for free that someone was going to take me up on it. And I was going to have a really cool opportunity because there's not, you're not going to have a ton of kids that want to be sports writers in college at Clemson vying for the same job that I am. So I think from that perspective, I was able to knock down some doors that maybe I hadn't been able, I wouldn't have been able to say like a North Carolina or even a South Carolina. Now, what about from the aspect of you being a female 
and reaching out to these guys. Was there a little bit of pushback that this is unique, that it's a female that's so interested in this process? I don't think so. I mean, I, I didn't receive that at all. I think if anything, it would have been AIDS. The only thing is in the beginning is like you get the standard like, oh, you want to be a sideline reporter, you want to be an Aaron Andrews or yeah. a Sam Ponder, which is fine. I mean, and I don't, I don't ever get frustrated at those questions. Even now when people ask me that, I just kind of tell them, no, I mean, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be on TV. I enjoy writing and take it even one, one step further. I enjoy covering recruiting. And once I explain my story, you know, about why I love recruiting, I think people understand it. But yeah, I was lucky in the fact that everyone I worked with from Clemson to 24-7 sports to scout, I mean, they treat me like everyone else. So that's, I've been really lucky in that regard. So now walk us through exactly your pathway to where you are now with 24-7 sports. So after I, I graduated in December 2012, I graduated in three and a half years. And then I, I wanted to stay on with scout because I was, that's what I was interning with. And at the time, they didn't have a position open. So 24-7 sports was really starting to pick up steam at that point. So I reached out to them and they said they could offer me an unpaid internship where I would be covering a little bit of UNC basketball recruiting and then a little bit of Clemson recruiting, but it would be unpaid. But I jumped at the chance because I knew that if I just got my foot in the door, I could prove myself. And I was hoping that that would turn into a full-time gig. And then two weeks later, like in mid-January, I got a call from Scout offering me the full-time job to cover Notre Dame. So obviously, I didn't think twice about that. Um, not only was it you know, a paying job, but it was Notre Dame football. So I, I really do think I, hus- I really hustled those two, those two weeks. I mean, that's not a lot of time, but those two weeks out of college, I just gave it everything I had because I was really trying to prove to 24-7 sports that I, I was worthy of a job. But you never, I just proved you never know who's watching because Scout took notice and extended that offer. When you describe you were hustling that two weeks, what did that look like? Well, I think I just soaked up everything that they told me and then I applied it and then I asked a lot of questions. And then, you know, if they told me to write two articles or if they said, hey, you know, this kid isn't good at answering the phone, but, you know, a recruit, in other words, you know, but maybe you can get him on the phone, just try it. You know, I would, I would make sure that I got him on the phone or I would, anything that they told me, you know, maybe hopefully you can do, I made sure to do it. Um, just to prove to them that like, hey, I'm valuable. I'm, I can bring something to the table other than just, you know, your typical, oh, she'll get two articles done a day. You know, I really wanted to bring value to the site. And yeah, it didn't bother me at all that I wasn't working for free and living at home because like I said, I knew that if I put in the work then, then it would pay off. Right. So I moved to Indianapolis as opposed to South Bend. I think they wanted me in Indianapolis kind of the suburbs of Indianapolis is where all the good talent is. And I actually had some team responsibility as well. And I love that feeling of having, it almost seemed like two jobs, you know, covering the team and covering recruiting. And I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed my time there. And again, it was just dedicated to Notre Dame football. Well, I would help a little bit. Um, Indiana football, I mean, it's, it's not one of the one of the better states, right? I mean, occasionally you have a couple of kids in the Indianapolis area getting big time offers. So because I was located there, I would help out with those kids going to see high school games and getting on-site interviews. Um, but yeah, but most of my craft was, or what I was asked to do was Notre Dame. So now do that for a couple of years, correct? A couple of years, yeah. And then I was with the scout site. It was just me and one other guy, and Tim O'Malley. And then 
we merged with the rival site. Long story short, I won't get into too many of the details, but our site expanded from two people to seven people. So it was good and bad. My role was reduced in the fact that I was just doing recruiting, but at the same time, I wouldn't trade the, you know, what I learned from having so many people to work alongside of that I respected for anything. Pete Samson and Tim O'Malley and Tim Priester, I mean, they're, I think they're three of the best in the business and just being able to learn from them at such a young age was really valuable for me. And I think it worked out for me in the fact that I had more responsibility in the beginning because I was, I was free to make mistakes and I was free to kind of explore on my own. And I had a lot of freedom to produce content. And I don't know if I would have been, I think I would have been a little more reluctant to do that had I had more people working right alongside me. So I, I liked the order that it was in where I had more freedom in the beginning and then that was more structured because I wasn't afraid to take those chances in the beginning. And then switching gears to Clemson, last year was kind of when I knew I wanted something more. Um, I wanted a new challenge. At that point, there was two, two of us covering their name recruiting full time. And then someone else also helping and I wasn't getting any team coverage. So that season, basically beginning of last season, I wasn't even asked to go to Notre Dame football games anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. I love, you know, that's, I love that. I wanted to, my role to expand and I wanted more responsibility with the site. So that's kind of when I got in touch with 24-7 sports and, you know, I would have taken pretty much any gig that they had offered me if it was more responsibility. But when they said Clemson, I was like, you know, the chance to come back, cover my alma mater. But not only that, just, just to get back um, and cover a team that there's so many compelling storylines around Clemson right now with what Davos Sweeney has done from an objective point of view. So I knew um, I was like, this is just a perfect opportunity. So it, it really just kind of fell on my lap. But to that point, you know, I wasn't actively seeking to cover Clemson. They knew that connection was there and that I was from North Carolina. And that was a big part of it, too. While I liked Indianapolis um, and the Midwest. I definitely took for granted growing up in the Carolinas and having everything that these states offer us. So um, I knew I wanted to kind of get back here. So, yeah, I think it made me a big believer. And a lot of times we're asked, you know, like, what's your goal? What's your next goal? But I think especially in this role now, it's like, I, I just want to get so much better in the role that I'm in. And I think in society, a lot of times we're, we're asked, like, what's next? What are you working towards? Whereas we forget that our, one of our, you know, our goal could be just improving in the current position that we're in. So, and then to that point, I think that if you're working hard, an opportunity will find you. And that's kind of what happened with taking the Clemson gig. So now describe what does a typical day look like for you? Well, day to day, I mean, it just looks different every day. It depends because yeah. I'm covering recruiting and teams. So, I mean, it just depends on what pops up or um, what recruiting development comes up. A lot of times with recruiting, that's another th- reason why I like it. You can't predict what's going to happen all the time. So I do like that part of my job, the unpredictability of it. And um, so right now it's just kind of, you know, keeping up with the class and developments of the players that they're recruiting and so it's definitely more recruiting heavy right now than team based. Okay. And so explain to everybody, what is 24-7 sports? So as a company as a whole, we'll do college football coverage, college basketball coverage. And then they also do some NFL coverage. But I, yeah, like you said, I'm pretty much strictly Clemson football and Clemson football recruiting. And then I'll do some basketball. And then, you know, I'll dip into some other sports if those sports are excelling and they present some interesting storylines. Like I'll chip in um, if, if I think that people would be interested in it. But at the end of the day, Clemson football 
footballs what uh, yeah. want to read about. <laughs> There's a lot of message boards about uh, Clemson football and just recruiting in right. general. You know, that's another thing about recruiting is you know you, you can't read about recruiting or or how many defensive linemen they want in the class or who the top of the board targets are on the front page of the sports page. You know, you have to find that other places. So that's another reason why I like it because it's such a niche role and people kind of have to come to you for it. And now, do you find yourself ever starstruck with some of the people that you're interviewing, like the coaching <laughs> staff or obviously some of these elite athletes? Uh, no, I don't think. I think college, I definitely was. One of my first interviews was with uh, CJ Spiller after okay. he had returned from Buffalo, and I was a little starstruck then. But I think now it's just kind of as you get to know the personalities that you're interviewing, you get even more and more comfortable asking them questions and framing your questions in a way that you know will generate a good response or one that, you know, they'll, they'll be more apt likely to be more thoughtful to answer. If anything, I would say I get more stressed like around some of the reporters that I come into contact with. It's just I look up to a lot of people and a lot of people that I read their stuff day in and day out. Who do you look up to in terms of that you want to emulate or, you know, would be you know, your mentors? Yeah. Um, well, it's not just sports writer or college football writers or just recruiting reporters. I think there's just a lot of people in the sports industry that I that I admire and that I take a little bit from. A little bit from. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit is the best at his best in the business. And I think you'll be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't agree with that. And then I love what Jay Billis does with basketball. Uh, Sage Steele is terrific, Doris Burke, and then getting into some of the writers. I've mentioned Pete Sampson, but him and all the Irish Illustrated crew, and then Brian Hamilton writes for SI, Clay Travis, Alan Shipnook, Kyle Porter. But those are some of the writers that I really admire. I know you had mentioned previously that you didn't have any aspirations to be on TV, to be a sideline reporter. So why not? Because uh, that is obviously area that a lot of people do gravitate towards. Why did you feel you were better suited behind the camera? Well, part of it was recruiting. You don't really talk about recruiting on camera. Yeah. And then also part of it was, I think, well, I know that writing allows you to go a lot deeper into your subject. You can analyze it from all sorts of angles. And with TV, especially with sideline reporting, it, to me, it is very surface level questions. That doesn't mean that I would be good at the job yeah. at all. because I, You have to think on your feet for sure. And there's a lot more that goes on to it than just saying, you know, coach, how did your defense look in the first half? At the same time, you know, I know that I wouldn't be fulfilled by doing that. That's just not just not a challenge that, that I wanted to pursue. It is a challenge for some people, but... It just wasn't the right challenge for me. Um, I knew I wanted to take something and kind of dissect it from all angles. And I think writing allows you to do that a lot better than TV. And also to that point, people that are, are reading my stuff are, are absolutely junkies. <laughs> Whether they're recruiting junkies or <laughs> yeah. Clemson junkies. And TV, you, you definitely have to appeal to more, a more broader audience. And I, like, I enjoy the interaction with people that just kind of live and breathe sports yeah. and Clemson. So that makes it really enjoyable for me. Now, how often are you contacted, hey, Anna, give us the latest scoop on these recruits. What's going on? How often are people trying to get information from you? As far as the, the reader or the subscribers? Yeah, just in terms of any information about certain recruits, where they might be leaning, if you know right. anything, you know, that type of thing. How often does that happen? I mean, that's a daily beat. I mean, they, there's a message board for them, so they post questions anytime they want to, and I can answer them. <laughs> um 
I mean, some targets obviously will generate more buzz than others, like the five stars or in-state prospects. People want to know more about. So, you know, I'll interview them more frequently or I'll make a point to bring them up more frequently and kind of stay more on top of their recruitment as far as, you know, oh, they visited this school this weekend or they'll be visiting this school next weekend or they're trimming their list, that sort of thing. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Clemson does offer a lot of prospects. So, so way less than a lot of others, I will add. But yeah, I mean, you can't keep up with every, I mean, every little twist and turn, but you do the best you can keeping up with the major developments and the unique storylines. And yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot because there are a lot of kids, but especially with Clemson, you kind of get, they don't, they kind of key on very specific kids. So it's easy, or at least I think for a Clemson recruiting reporter to follow the kids because you definitely know who they're looking at. It's not like a, you know, throughout Michigan, they offer over 300 kids a cycle. So I th- I feel like, I mean, that's just that's a ton of kids to have to keep up with. But Clemson, like I said, it's a little bit more condensed. Well, as we're wrapping up here, Anna, and uh, you've been uh, just a wealth of knowledge and you're very mature and understanding of the grind, the hard work that you need to do to become an expert in your craft. And so what are you going to continue to do and what are your ultimate goals as your career path is still expanding in front of you? Right now, I'll go back to what I said earlier. I mean, I really don't know what I want my next move to be um, because since I just accepted this role back in October, like I said, I think I can improve so much in the role that I'm in. I think that's so important is is to want to improve in the role you're in. Um, and not just be looking for the next thing. And I know it'll find me, you know, whenever that time is. Um, if there is a time when I want to move on, um, I, I don't, it won't be anytime soon because I, like I said, I just think I can get so much better at the role that I'm in. And I look forward to kind of mastering what I'm doing even more. But I don't see myself ever leaving sports, that's for sure. Whether, you know, I, I really don't know where it'll take me, but um, I think that's part of the excitement of of being in the sports industry because there's not a, you know, a, t- a bottom to top path that everyone takes. Like there are in some professions. I mean, some people might view one job over the other. So it's very much an individual preference. And then uh, you've shared a lot also what sports has meant to you, but how would you sum up the impact of sports in your life? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that is hard to say, yeah. to sum up, but Considering I do it day in and day out, and also not only with my profession, but just how how big it is with um, my family. Okay. I mean, like some of my best memories from my childhood, from you know, or with my family at sporting events, playing them, or watching them, or traveling, or um, I mean, it just it just really brought our family together, and I, I can't imagine not having grown up in a sports family. And like, you know, my brother went to Carolina and, you know, my dad, I can tell you, is not pulling for Carolina in the national championship. But I mean, that's what makes it fun. You know, we have all our, all our rivalries and that's the end of the day. You know, it's sports that, you know, it's our common ground. And we all are, we all are Miami Dolphin fans and we don't argue. So, yeah. And then it is cool for me as a reporter. Um, as, and when I was in college, of course, I pulled for Clemson, but now it kind of, it's fun to take a step back and just really objectively look at it. Um, and I, that's what I, a lot of those reporters I named, I think are so good because they are objective. And I truly believe that you can't be in this industry. Like your opinion is respected tenfold if you really do step back and analyze things. 
from an objective standpoint, then I will hopefully continue to do um, no matter what area of, you know, what compartment of sports I pursue next. So how do you do that? How can you take a, you know, how can you be objective? That is that something that you have to fight, especially, you know, obviously it's your alma mater. No, I really don't have to anymore. I think because you get to know people and personalities and you tend to root for, for that more than you do a team or a fan base. Because I mean, you like to see people that you, that you interact with succeed, especially when you know that they're good people. But um, at the same time, for me, I just think about what's on the other side of the line and it's other kids and other coaches that are pursuing those same dreams. So when you look at it, like it's not so much, uh, oh, I, this team, I want this team to win or I'm nervous in the press box. It's not, I mean, in college it was like that, but I think also that's why I'm, I'm grateful that I had that experience at yeah. Notre Dame because it opened my eyes. Um, and I was able to, to really, you know, get away from where, what I'd grown up with. And so when I came back, it kind of had a whole new wealth of knowledge of, I know, a different way of approaching things. And yeah, I don't really, I don't fight it. I, I don't know when I, if I was a kid and you would have told me that, I don't know if I would have believed you, but I think that's just part of maturing. Well, I was going to say you're very mature beyond your years. There's no question about <laughs> that. And I do this with every guest. It's our words of wisdom. And I would enjoy you sharing any type of words of wisdom that you have for our listeners, either a quote or a phrase or something that has had an impact in, you know, in your life. Well, this is simple, but it's, it's impacted me a lot. And it's something that I say to myself a lot. And it's learn from everyone, but copy no one. And I think it's good to have mentors and draw from role models like I was talking about. But it's also important to not let your admiration for those people cloud your own unique strengths. We're taught to spend a lot of time improving our weaknesses, but we don't focus necessarily improving and fine-tuning our strengths, which to me is just as important, if not more so important than addressing your weaknesses. And that kind of relates to my my favorite four-word thing, which is report what you know. It probably doesn't apply to everyone listening to this if you're not a reporter, but, and not what you think you want people, what, what you think people would want to know. It'll be accurate, honest, and fresh, and sometimes more compelling when when you tell people, when you report what you know, and when, when you kind of report it, you don't try to put a specific angle on it or you don't approach it with an vendetta. You just kind of, like I said, it just report what you know. That'll really register with people. I greatly appreciate those words of wisdom, multiple uh, words of wisdom there. And Anna, it has been a <laughs> pleasure ha- you know, having you in on the show. And, and Anna, wh- where's the best way people can find you on social media? Twitter will definitely be the best way. And because I'll have all my links to my work there. So that's at Anna H247. Anna, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like I keep saying, I know she's mature way beyond her age. And one of the things that I really enjoyed hearing from Anna is her perspective that it's okay to ask for things and seek out things. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? I continuously tell my kids, and it's been one of our weekly words of wisdom here on the podcast previously, and that's the answer is always no if you never ask. So don't be afraid to ask. And also, as a dad to a teenage daughter now, I loved hearing her talk about how sports was a way for her to connect and bond with her dad. And I know firsthand what that's like. 
Her view on not looking ahead too fast is also very refreshing. And it's great that Anna has that type of perspective. And I know that's part of her DNA, but I highly suspect that that mindset was fostered by her parents. So great job, Mr. and Mrs. Hickey. And it also just shows you how important it is for parents to be involved and connected. Well, we're coming to an end here with episode 18, but make sure you check out Anna's work on 24-7 Sports, which can be found on the Clemson dedicated webpage of clemson.247.sports.com and follow her on Twitter at Anna H247. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.